millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So the combination of my first and last name is both common and commonly used by racists, mostly in the Deep South, to name their kids. And through a combination of genetics and upbringing, those kids tend to be racist idiots too. Because it's so common, there's always been another person with my same first and last name at any place I've worked. Most of them are not racist, but this isn't about them. This is about a different guy. A guy with some seriously messed up friends. Now, I should mention that we're all used to getting misdirected emails. It's inevitable when you have a common name. You basically just figure out who it's meant to go to, forward a copy to him, and CC the person who got the address wrong. Easy peasy. It hardly ever happens twice. Now, once in a blue moon, you do get something inappropriate. Fine, I get it. People can sometimes be rude in private. When that happens, I add a little note to the CC letting the sender know that it's not okay to be racist, and that if it does happen again, I will go right to his employer. Only if it's being sent by a work email. And the result is pretty predictable. I get back a humbly worded apology, and a promise to never let it happen again. So yeah, it's effective, and maybe even a teaching moment. Or not. Who am I kidding? They will probably just triple check the email address next time. But you take what you can, I guess. So, one time though, my very politely worded warning was not well received. I got back one extreme response from the sender, accusing me of being every derogatory name in the clan handbook. Now, I'm not gonna get into details, but I was invited to perform impossible sexual feats upon myself, to jump off a cliff to end myself, and all manner of other colorful stuff. Now, the guy cheerfully told me all about his quite impressive home arsenal, most of which he would gladly allow me to shove up my rear end and pull the trigger. So yeah, the dude was apparently upset about being told what he could and couldn't write in a business email. Now, I was about to let it slide and forget about it, although I probably wouldn't have felt very good about myself. But then my same-named co-worker decided to add his two cents. They were a much milder two cents, but they weren't exactly cordial. Essentially, he told me to mind my own business and stop reading his emails and that it wasn't my job to be the email police. So to tell the truth, I was a little stunned. The guy never so much as let out a peep when I did the same thing for his other racist friends. And plus, we had just been through a company-wide mandatory diversity training class where there was an entire module of how to not be racist on the company email system. I don't know, maybe he thought the cartoon that his racist buddy sent was so well drawn that it should get a pass. I was a little pissed though, even if my coworker didn't think it was offensive, he should at least realize that it would put our employer at risk. Like, be a dick on your own if you want to, but at least consider its effect on your paycheck. And that's how I ended up taking a short walk to the HR office with a printout of the original email, the sender's double down response, and my same named coworker's annoying defense of his racist friend calls were made, and at the end of the same day, I was, for the first time ever, the only one at my employer with my first and last name. Now, that would have been the end of it, but it turned out that being a huge government contracting company, we actually had a business relationship with the sender's employer. 
the guy who sent the emails wasn't involved in that business relationship, but our ethics committee decided that it was enough emails exchanged for it to be necessary to inform his employer. There was some back and forth communication between the companies, and I had to participate in a conference call, where I explained about there being two me's and the racist thinking that I was the other guy, and the offensive email and the response, etc. The sender ended up getting canned too, and the police were notified of the threatening language used when mentioning his guns. Now, I don't know if they followed up on that, but I'd like to think that somewhere in a filing cabinet, there's a manila folder marked racist idiots with a printout of that email. One can hope, anyway. Guys, listen, how dumb can you possibly be to make those kinds of threats and those kinds of remarks using a company email? Both of those guys definitely deserve to get canned for that, and I'm very curious as to what OP's name is. So, for a bit of background, me and my three roommates moved into a housing community that's basically just a bunch of cookie-cutter townhomes. All of these homes have garages that open up onto streets that wind through the community. This is important for later. The front door is open to a path on the other side of the house. There's also some free parking spots on the edge of the community, where there are no houses. So, when we first moved in, we quickly found out that the parking could be a bit of a pain during the day, especially when people had guests during the weekend. Now, my roommates and I admittedly have more cars than the average family. Because we usually have to commute for work, we each have one. We try to make parking easier by using the garage, but we have tons of sporting equipment, so we can usually only get one car into the garage. When all the parking in the free spots is full, we just park our cars right up against the garage and leave them there during the day or overnight. We'd seen the other neighbors do it and still left ample room for people driving on the street to get by. Well, one day, our neighbor comes up while my roommates and I are in the garage organizing some stuff, and he tells us that we can't park there overnight, as it's against community rules. Before we had a chance to respond, he added, And if you do it again, I will personally make sure that you are towed. Is this going to be a problem? Now, his first comment was pretty reasonable. We had just moved in, and we didn't know that rule. But his second comment really made him sound like a jerk and wasn't necessary. One of my roommates simply responded that we didn't know, as we had just moved in and we wouldn't park there overnight anymore. Well, the neighbor clearly trying to assert his dominance responded with, Good, you'd better not, because I'll be watching. So from then on, we did follow those rules. If we parked in front of our garage during the day, we would make sure to move it before we went to sleep. This worked out for a while until one faithful day. One of my roommates stopped by quickly after work to grab some dinner and clothes before heading to his girlfriend's. This was around 7pm, so he just parked up against the garage as it would be quicker than the parking spaces. Plus, it was early enough that he didn't think anything would happen. Around 8pm, he heads out and see that his car is gone. And guess who's there? Our neighbor is standing right outside. He immediately says to my roommates, Hey, I told you you were gonna get towed if you parked here again. Now, my neighbor and roommate argued for a little bit before my roommate comes back inside and calls the car lot. Well, it ends up they're closed, so he'll have to get his car in the morning. And the kicker, they're gonna charge him an overnight fee. All in all, it comes out to about 500 bucks, which isn't a small amount of money for us. This neighbor has picked on us since we moved in, and even though it wasn't my car he towed, I took it personally. To make sure we didn't get towed again, we decided to read the community rules, and lo and behold, we found out that the street in front of the garage is actually considered a fire lane, and no one's supposed to park there at any point in the day. This is where I plan my revenge. Since the whole virus thing, I've been able to work at home and my desk is conveniently looking out the window, onto the street between the houses. This means that I can clearly see my neighbor's garage. 
I start to take notice of when he parks his car in front of his garage. For about two weeks, I noticed that he would come home around 1pm and leave again at 2pm. On the third week, I decided that I would begin the revenge. So on Monday, true to his schedule, he stopped by around 1. After about 10 minutes, I gave the tow company a call and said that he was parked in the fire lane and if they could come and remove his car. 20 minutes later, a tow truck comes up, hooks his car up, and tows it off. About 15 minutes later, the neighbor comes out, and I can hear him start to yell back into his house, presumably at his wife. He then left and never came back until later that evening after he'd gotten his car. Now, it was a funny thing to do, and I made sure to send snaps to my roommates who don't work from home, but I wasn't done yet. This idiot apparently doesn't learn the first time, because the week after, he parks in front of his garage again. And what do I do? I do the exact same thing before, of course. And again, the neighbor comes out, realizes his car is gone, yells at his wife, and then goes to get it. Now, after this time, he is a bit smarter, and parks in an actual spot before going in to have his lunch. He does this for about two weeks before he decides that it's okay again to park in front of his garage. Well, who's sitting in front of their desk every day and notices this immediately? Me, of course. And being the concerned resident I am, I immediately call the tow truck company and off his car goes again. Now, I wish I had a more satisfying ending to this revenge, but after the third time, I decided that I would stop because I genuinely felt bad for his wife, who he seemed to do most of the yelling at, as if it were her fault that he was a dumbass. But what I can tell you that it definitely cost him over a thousand dollars. Like, if the guy hadn't gotten my roommate's car towed, then we wouldn't have ever found out that little fun rule. But the best part was that a number of my neighbors would have their cars parked out there at the same time, and they would never have their cars towed, which made it all the better when his was. Listen, guys, I don't understand how that man didn't just open his garage and pull his car into it when he came home for lunch. Like, it would have been the simplest thing to do to not get towed. But hey, at least OP gave him a taste of his own medicine. A little over 10 years ago, when I was a young carpenter, I met this guy who we'll call Chad. Now, Chad was a new hire by the company I was working for, and he became my helper. We got along pretty well, and even though he was 10 years older than me, he didn't mind working under a 23-year-old carpenter as an apprentice. Chad and I had worked together for about 6 months when he brought up the idea of starting a business together. He figured between the two of us, we could easily run a crew and build houses. After talking it over with my pregnant girlfriend, who's my now wife, we decided that it would be better for me to be an employee, but still be a 50% partner for tax reasons and insurance purposes. Now, Chad said that that was fine with him, so we started to lay out who was taking care of certain aspects of the business. Chad was to be the guy to find work. Chad was also to take care of payroll, insurance, and other financial factions. My duties were simple, staff and run the crew and keep on budget, something that came easy to me. I was to be paid an hourly wage, as well as 50% of the profit after all business expenses. I never took my profit draw, as I rolled it back into the growing company. Things were great for about 6 months, the crew was working well together, we had a few houses under our belts, and a contract for a 10,000 square foot custom house with multiple outbuildings. Things were great! So Chad has never built a foundation, and we usually hired a crew to put the foundation in for us, and I personally hate concrete work. We couldn't get our normal foundation crew in, so I stepped up and said, you know what, I'll do it myself. The company we were building for is one of the best custom home builders around, and doing a good job in the house means that we wouldn't have to pound the pavement looking for work. Work would be given to us. It would be a perfect arrangement. Until it wasn't. 
Chad started spending money like it was going out of style. He sold his old Chevy pickup and bought a brand new Jeep Wrangler. Chad had the Jeep for about a month before he sunk it in water while 4x4ing and it mysteriously caught on fire a few days after. He received the insurance payouts and bought a brand new Dodge 2500 Power Wagon which he again sunk in water within a few weeks. Now I never did notice the red flags as Chad and I rarely spoke face to face as he was the business side and I was the get her done side. I finished the foundation and picked up the check from the builder. The builder said that we overbilled him by 25% but he was happy with the work we'd done but to not overbill again as he doesn't like overpaying as there might not be any money left at the end of the build. So I apologized and asked him to cancel the check and issue one for the work actually completed and he agreed and said I'm so happy to have honest people working for me. Now I usually don't pick up the checks nor did I ever really look at the books as it wasn't in the scope of my responsibilities. This then prompted me to log into our corporate account and see that we are so far down in the red that we couldn't afford to even buy a pen, let alone cover payroll. I show up at Chad's house and tore a strip off him. He apologized and promised to top off the account with his personal profit draw money. So I go to work Monday to find that the locks on our tool bin had been changed. My name was removed from all accounts and a letter was taped to the tool bin stating that I was dismissed from my duties for an undisclosed reason. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, I was furious. I was not aware that as a business partner, I could be fired. I found another job quite quickly and tried my best to put it behind me. And that's when I found out where the money was going, and that Chad had been slandering my name across town, blaming me for the missing money, as well as a bunch of ridiculous statements about my work ethic, my trade skills, my mental stability, and my home life. Now, I tracked all of our interactions with a simple journal, and had backups of the transactions of our business account. I also happened to have backups of all of our texts, emails, and pictures of everything, and this is the revenge part. I then took the evidence to my father's lawyer friend who started a fraud and embezzlement investigation. I called the insurance provider to make sure that they were being paid and they had never received anything. I then called the builder whom we were building for and explained what was happening. He told me that Chad had essentially stolen around $30,000 for payment of work not completed and had broken into their office and stolen another $15,000 worth of equipment and tools. Now at this point, I did what anyone would do. I called the police. The police said they couldn't help me as it was a civil case, and the builder said he wasn't going to sue as Chad had no money and it wasn't worth the headache. So then I called his auto insurance company. I sent them all the pictures of his sunk vehicles, texts about them, and a short video he sent to me of him lighting the Jeep on fire. 
Insurance company filed charges against Chad and won, and Chad is on the hook for around $130,000. I've spent the last nine and a half years telling anybody who will listen about Chad, and I've had him essentially blackballed from the industry around here, because it's not slander if it's true. At this point, I've gone out of my way to remind Chad that he can't screw me over without repercussions. And no, it doesn't end here. So years have passed, and I'm still pissed off. I receive a call from a guy offering me a job. It was the builder that Chad had screwed over, not remembering that we used to know each other. And after I explained who I was and the bridge that's burnt due to Chad, he still offers me the job. Medical, dental, company van, gas card, corporate credit card, and I accept his offer. I decide to find another way to mess with Chad. Through the grapevine, I find out where Chad is living and working. My new boss calls the company Chad's working for and tells them all about Chad, and Chad is fired. I then get in touch with Chad's landlord. I explain how he operates and Chad is evicted for unpaid rent. He was apparently a couple of months behind, but with me telling him everything, that was the final straw that broke the camel's back. I also managed to get his girlfriend's phone number and call her and explain what this guy does to people and his extensive criminal history, including but not limited to fraud, identity theft, insurance fraud, his many assaults, etc, etc. It turns out that she's the owner of his truck, the primary operator, but he pays the insurance. He can't insure a vehicle until he pays off what is owed for the fraud. She then asks me what she should do, and I say I'll take care of it. I then call the insurance provider, explain what's going on, for them to tell me that he doesn't even have a license anymore. They void the insurance on his girlfriend's truck after speaking to her, and set up a sting with police. Now I personally get to be involved, as I knew what was going on. So I sit and wait for the day it goes down. I roll up behind the unmarked police cruiser, and quickly explain who I am and what my plans are. The police are thinking that they'll just wait to pull him over for driving without a license, and no insurance. And I said I'm going to call him immediately as soon as I see him. So he comes cruising out and I make the call. He actually picked up the phone to call me a bunch of names. And that was his big mistake. He gets promptly pulled over. So the police issue a ticket for reckless driving, no seatbelt, no license, and using a handheld device. During all this, the girlfriend pulls up and proceeds to give consent to search her truck. In the truck, they find multiple IDs, stolen credit cards, a couple of ATM skimmer machines, and a fake police badge. The guy was arrested on the spot. Now you'd think the revenge is over, right? But nope. The police then asked to search the residence he was living at, as he moved into his girlfriend's house after he was evicted. In the garage, they find a vast collection of stolen tools, a lot of which belonged to the builder I was working for. The time when he broke into their office. And they were all stupidly still labeled with the company's inventory control stickers. This brought on more charges, and he was remanded to police custody until his trial date. Well, the justice is sometimes slow here in Canada, and his trial was at the time 17 months into the future. Well, yesterday was his trial date, so my boss, Chad's ex-girlfriend, and I attend the hearing, just to see the man squirm. His judgment was 8 years in jail, a $100,000 fine, 1,000 hours of community service after release, and no possibility of parole. I got to watch him be taken away in chains twice. Never underestimate the fury of a quiet man. Guys, what an insane revenge. This is exactly why you don't start businesses with people you've only known for a few months. You never know the type of person they truly are. So the comment section is filled with a lot of people saying that OP is awesome for this revenge, and some people are saying that OP spent a decade obsessing about taking down Chad for screwing him over, and how he should have just let it go. 
So my friends, what do you guys think? Should OP have just moved on after being ghosted, or is he a hero for taking a guy like Chad off the streets? Let me know in the comments below. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash pro revenge. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the stories today. And if you did, do hit that thumbs up. And if you missed the last episode of our slash pro revenge, I will link it right here. A coworker torments OP for months, thinking she's invincible, and OP retaliates and destroys her. Check it out if you haven't, and I'll see you guys in the next one. I love you. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.